Hello everyone, welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast, episode 3 of Animation Month, episode perhaps 20. Hmm, is this episode 20? I actually think it is, so yay for milestones. Numbers. Applause, we've hit another round number. I'm celebrating with beer. Nolan's celebrating with beer. Nolan Dean is here, as he always is. I am Morgan Robinson, as I always am, unless one day I decide to change my name, which might happen. Because, in the comments, you know, suggest what Morgan should change his name to. You know, I don't like my name because it's two syllables and then three syllables. I well, think uh, all fun fact, uh, names... some of the audience might not know I changed my name. Well, yes, that's true. If you know Nolan's real name, then... Don't comment it below, keep it a secret. Well, well done you, well done you. No, I don't like my name because I think names should be no more than a total of four syllables as a first and last name like daisy ridley like daisy ridley bang john boyega yeah it's like if my obviously my last name is robinson right but i would like i need a one syllable first name what about matt matt robinson it fits better it rolls better off the tongue Anyway, names, that's a minute and a half on why I hate my name. Um, Today, we are talking about an incredibly interesting animated film. uh, Very weird, very psychedelic. Very weird weird film called Fantastic Planet. Uh, Part French, part Czechoslovakian, when it was Czechoslovakia. Uh, Weird animated film. It, the style sometimes reminded me of the little interlude you get in Monty Python. That is very accurate. Uh, it sort of reminded me a lot of like old French comics, like uh, how yeah. Valerian was drawn and uh, stuff yeah. like that. Very psychedelic, very... Uh, even though with the way they speak, it's like sort of hypnotizing the audience in a way, which really works for that movie because... I think hypnotism kind of relates to the theme. Oh, absolutely. It's a it's a hypnotic film. I think it's a film that if you watched late at night, the well the the English dubbed version that we both watch, the the sort of voice acting is very like Weird. it's monotone it's monotone, but it's kind of supposed to be very monotone because of these weird blue creatures that are involved. And thankfully, they're not in a movie called Avatar. No, they're not. No, it's quite quite different blue creatures in... in I'm actually wearing a blue shirt right now, so it's kind of perfect. Yes, you are. Um, They're called the Drags, I believe, uh, are the large blue creatures. I was curious to see why you picked this, because you've admitted to me several times that you're not a big sci-fi fan. When I say I'm not a big sci-fi fan, what I actually mean is that I'm not a big science fan. Yeah, because like uh, some people, I can bring this up. Some people think Star Wars counts as sci-fi. I don't think it does. It's definitely more fantasy. Yeah, I because science fiction to me is like Blade Runner and Minority Report, things like that. I don't like the science of sci-fi. I like it where sci-fi 
can be something like Fantastic Planet where it's got all these philosophical undertones. It's why I like something like The Day the Earth Stood Still so much because it's a it's more far more about social. You would probably like Blade Runner then. Yeah, but Blade Runner just it's too it's too film dude of a film. Blade Runner for me. <laughs> the stereotypical film fan is making far, a return. It's far too stereotypical for me to. Uh, no, I yeah, I can't judge too much. I've I've never seen Blade Runner. I'm just gonna say that I can't judge anybody that likes Blade Runner. If you like Blade Runner, you like Blade Runner. Um, but no, I like sci-fi like this, where it's very much about human existence and different aspects of, of social life or political life in certain situations rather than, oh, let's put all these numbers into a computer and let's see what this does. Computer space, planets, computer numbers that I just don't understand. So I take I don't, it you're not a big 2001 A Space Odyssey fan? I don't mind 2001 because 2001 has these bigger sort of ideas to it i i don't like i get what you mean and that's kind of important because i think i I think a movie can still be great and also not for everybody yeah absolutely like with uh, we'll use blade runner as an example here i like blade runner i appreciate blade runner if i want to watch a movie at night or hang out with my friends and watch a movie or even put something on by myself my first choice is likely not going to be blade runner yeah. Much like my first choice is not going to be 2001. Blade even though Runner's I appreciate it as a film. It's something I think you have to be in the mood for. Yeah, definitely. It's I not stick on a Sunday night or and just like casually watch Blade Runner because those what I like about that and this movie is they really force you to pay attention and you feel like if you don't pay attention you're going to miss out on a detail and you're just going to be lost. Yeah. But I uh, I think that works really well in the case of of Fantastic Planet. Um, the runtime especially, quite short, very yeah, tightly it's paced. Really, really short film. Really, really watchable film, like you said before. It's, it's kind of hypnotic. You don't want to take your eyes off the screen because you're just sort of impressed by this weird style of animation. This and Donnie Darko would be a great double watch. Well, you know all about Donnie Darko. I reckon you should uh, probably check out Donnie Darko. Yeah, that's another. If you're that's gonna... an okay. Please don't hate me, everyone. Well, you're There's not always... real. I, I know a lot of people who hate Donnie Darko. I know Kimber doesn't really like Donnie Darko. There's, you know, there's so many. There's so many films I can watch, and the more often than not, of an of a certain age, Donnie Darko, I believe, was released in about two thousand and one. So. Yep. You know, not my era, is it? Quite clearly, my era is the 50s. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but uh, no. let's get on to this. Uh, one thing I immediately liked that I noticed straight away was that this movie is basically an allegory for like human rights versus animal rights. But Definitely. It portrays that through the eyes of what we know as humans being the lesser species. And I yeah. think that says an awful lot because... You know, we like to think that we're like the biggest people in the universe, but 
truth is, there's probably a higher power somewhere, whether you want to say it's God or um, something else or, I don't know. Fucking, or the drugs. Or the drugs or, uh, or Nicolas Cage. There's always Nicolas. a higher power somewhere. Nicolas uh, <laughs> Cage. But, and, and I like that idea because it really shows how much we think of ourselves, but really how small we are in the universe. That's a great point. I mean, the the human characters in Fantastic Planet are known as Ohms. Which is the French word for man. There you go. And they are treated very much like pet like pets, like dogs, by the the drags and certain certain drags sort of seem to appreciate the Ohms more as you know, partners in in life, you know, um, pets ultimately, but pets that you know people enjoy. All the drags see them as pests, and especially when you start really getting into uh, the story of the film, the Ohms are treated as like rats, as vermin, to be cold. Because there it's are a very too many unsettling way too. Because like that yeah. that opening scene where the Orm is just running around, mm-hmm. and you think it's like someone like a higher power or something, but then it later reveals that hand and stuff was actually like drug children. Yeah, almost kind of like playing with your action figures kind of thing. Yeah, it's just to- it's like it's like how you know how we as children would like play with like ants and stuff on a field and just like oh no my hands going there you can't go that way and now it's here you can't go that way and this poor hopefully hopefully you don't woman. take it to the hard thing where they get a magnifying glass and start scorching the ants that's sign yeah. of psychopathy but you know, it's the same sort of it's the same sort of deal we're you know we're dealing with and to see it as as a human being in that situation it's really, it's really smart from uh, Rene Leloup, who directed and did all the animation for this Thank God you pronounced his name, because I would have butchered it. Well, it's French, you know, I, I quite like French. So, as we, uh, who, well, when were we talking about French people? The Snow White episode, when you brought up Belle, I went off on a bit of a tangent about French people. But, um, <laughs> yeah... Um, no, what was I saying? Yeah, just the fact that the quote-unquote lesser species in Fantastic Planet are human beings is a really smart idea. It keeps you thinking well past you've watched it. It's a really, I think it's a really great movie to show children as well. Oh yeah, I could see this being taught in like a history class. Yeah. Or a psychology class or an English class or hopefully a maths class to liven it up a bit well yeah that's what you see i said i don't like numbers before maths the bane of my existence much fuck you words. pythagoras theory <laughs> uh, tw- um, in my 22 years i've never used pythagoras theorem except for cramming it in for an exam nobody has nobody has that's the point of maths class at school right you don't actually ever use it that's just it's just there useless everybody who's in school who may or may not be listening to it's a wonderful podcast 
maths is ultimately useless. Well, it's not entirely useless. Unless you want to be a mathematician or a math teacher. Or an accountant. Not if you want to be not not if you want to do something with words. Just do English. You're fine. Um anyway. I'm I'm quite surprised uh, how you found it as well because you'd I, think this would be something that kids would know about, but as far as I understand, this is quite like an I don't want to say indie because I'm not sure if indie films really existed back then. Oh, so well, I mean the seventies. This came out in 1973. The 70s was prime time for the original new wave of indie film, but. I can't say I've ever come across an a, a, an indie animation quite like Fantastic Planet. I think I mean, because you get loads it's... of them today, but uh, back then, no. Yeah, I think because it's it's uh, it's foreign language as well. Like, obviously, you can watch an English dub version, and presumably nothing's changed. Like I was saying before, the the voice acting on the English dub version is so really just engrossing. Because it's so monotone when the drags are speaking. It's proper unsettling as well. It's really alien. But obviously it's it's completely supposed to be. I think it's a it's a dub that really works and you know some dubs of animation can be very, very poor. But I don't think this is a case of uh, of that. And like like I was saying towards the start of the episode i think if you did put something like fantastic planet on at night when you were a bit tired the drags conversations could put you to sleep because they're just like oh that's okay it's like asmr but in like the best kind of way like not like to yeah. sleep because you're bored but sleep like oh i'm relaxed yeah in a it's very like very the... relaxing way it's that's what I they say. are the drag... original asmr drag asmr i need it i'm gonna create drag asmr Anybody who wants that, um, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm down for it. Oh, God. um, Something I like here, and we were going to talk about it with the other choice that we have for here. Mm -hmm. I hate the idea that uh, animation is only for kids. That's a stupid idea. Animation's not a genre, like some people think. It's mainly a medium of storytelling. And animation allows you... I think it allows more imagination because you can literally just draw what you want to see and it'll be your vision. And to have to take advantage of that and to give a movie with really moving themes and like a really heartfelt story with the drug and a certain uh, uh, the baby Om that gets adopted yes. by her. Uh, I, I forget her name, Tarai or something like that. Yeah, something like that. You have that sort of heartfelt thing that you kind of expect in animated films, like uh, the the big kid who uh, takes a little animal under his nose. I mean, that's in everything. Now, that's even in like How to Train Your Dragon with Hiccup and Toothless. Yeah. So that's kind of the accessible it, part, but then it takes you on this whole new journey. It's kind of like taking you into adulthood. Yeah, and I... Obviously, the main sort of story point of Fantastic Planet is this one particular... Uh, young Ohm who gets adopted by a drag princess or something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, he he grows up alongside this drag princess as her domesticated pet. 
and eventually ends up escaping with this headset of knowledge because in in drag culture uh, they put these weird little headsets on like like just like a pair of headphones that basically just feeds knowledge into them and that's how they learn things about the world predicting the future as well because like look at how the world is now with people plugged into their phones yeah that's where they get most of their knowledge from this is 1973 that this was released it's really impressive for for that sort of time it doesn't seem like a film that will be made in the 70s granted the knowledge they're getting from headphones now are most likely clips of love island don't talk about love island to me (laughs) Do not talk about... I know you're watching the damn thing. Okay? Don't talk about Love Island to me. You can talk for about research. World, talk for about research. World Cup. Research. What, not research for what? Are you going to go and live in a beach house with the daughter of Danny Dyer? No, but I'll probably talk to you about that later. No, oh, yeah, well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, g- anyway. I'm going to be a contestant on Love Island, guys. I'm I- going to leave, like, in the first week. <laughs> Please never apply for anything like that. Please, just no. I won't. I, I wouldn't anyway. want to let you down or darken the name of this great show. The um, the young Ohm, who I've remembered... Thank you for getting his us back name, on track. His name is... Uh, oh, his name? Yeah, his name is Ter. T-E-double-R. Um escapes with this uh, headset of knowledge and finds a bunch of quote-unquote savage ohms or basically undomesticated human beings who first of all laugh at him and laugh at him quite a lot because oh look at this silly man he's been domesticated by the drag overlords and but then, obviously, he, he's got this knowledge, which is ultimately useful. It's very to... Chosen One-esque. Yes, it is. It's you know, It ends up being, being rather useful to the Ohms as they... Um, well, certain things happen and the Ohms start to attack some of the drags because they know a bit more about them and they have information that the drags are going to kill some of them off because, you know, they believe that they're growing too savage and too many in numbers. And the drags have these weird sort of senate meetings, which I really like as well, where they have that there's like sort of four-sided video screen and then like just a load of people sat in like a, a senate building. Can that you just... imagine how creepy this would look if it wasn't made animated, but if it was in live action in the 70s? Oh, God. Mind you, if, would, no, if something like this was live action, it'd end up looking like Flash Gordon and then just come off as silly. Most likely. Yeah, those, those are really interesting. And in those, the drag sort of community decide ultimately that the ohms the human beings are need basically killing off in mass and what follows after that is a rather just really really unsettling 
poisoning of all these of all these ohms and you see these sort of little ships they reminded me of probe droids from Star Wars that just yeah I get that travel travel around and just dispense these poisonous pills around the place that let off this gas and just instantly kill every ohm in sight and the panic it's, pop- it's population control it is population control Thanos would love the drags <laughs> this is probably one of Thanos's favorite movies <laughs> Thanos what is your favorite oh, I like fantastic fantastic planets a great movie well, thanks for that Thanos back back to what you were doing go back to your farm Thanos and smile away Thanos was actually successful though and the uh well, the while the drags, the drags were successful, uh, the reason this film is called Fantastic Planet is because there is this planet called, I, be- I believe it's called Terra, as in Earth, as in the same. Is Earth spelled backwards? No, Earth is uh, Terra is Latin for Earth. And that's kind of creepy, like the fact that it sounds like Terra. And T E double R A. It's the same word they use for Earth in Guardians of the Galaxy. They say Peter Quill is from Terra. When you think about that, though, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, well, the Latin word Latin for Earth is like your Latin. home is Terra. Not Terra as that, in like that, that, that Terra by night. This. I know, but it sounds like terror. You, you're mesmerised by this. There's there's a lot of layers. Are you okay? I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm, this is kind of just blowing my mind right now. No one's mind, no one's mind has been blown by the idea of Latin. I need, I need alcohol. No one is continually drinking alcohol. Um, but no, this, this sort of planet, it's where... I believe it's where the drags... Uh, go as like I don't know if it's some sort of like a, a retreat planet or it might be a knowledge planet it's very strange anyway um, let me try and and figure out what it is anyway it sort of ultimately comes to pass that some of the ohms that end up surviving the whole population control situation end up being able to travel to the fantastic planet and in that sort of sense the film you know brought these ideas of uh, the book of exodus from the bible to me where moses and all that business with the promised land and the ohms being oppressed by Okay, say, say the Ohms are Moses's uh, Israelites, right? Right. And the Drags are the Egyptians and Ramesses the Pharaoh and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's I don't think it's not as brutal as something like that because rather than Fantastic Planet being a film about sort of a totalitarian society, it's, it is more about treating and it's it's more about animal rights than anything else but just in the sense of humans um 
but s- s- call the drags Egyptians, call the Ohms Israelites, and their leader, who uh, is called what's his name? Is he is he just known as the Great One? That probably. I think he's just known as the the Ohm leader. He's just known as the Great One. He has a fantastic mustache. He's going in the Mustache Hall of Fame. Oh, we're adding some more fantastic. We're, we're adding someone else to the the Great One from Fantastic Planet is going into the Mustache Hall of Fame. But if you can view him as this sort of Moses figure who leads his tortured people to the promised land. And it's obviously it's not as big a grander journey as the book of Exodus, but it's the same sort of idea and that's that was that's just a thought that I had whilst That's just something that you see this. in a lot of um sci fi storytelling. They take a lot of allegories from like the Bible and the Book of Exodus and all these mythologies and kind of twist it to show what the future could be if we maybe rely on them too much or we don't rely on them enough or we ignore them altogether and take things into our own hands. It's all it's quite nihilistic and I usually hate nihilism, but you know, for this it works. Yeah, it really it really does work. I've I have i have got I've got nothing but love for Fantastic Planet. I think it's a I'm so happy I managed to find this weird film. You will be buying the Fantastic Planet Funko Pops along with the Blu-ray. <laughs> the Drag Funko Pop to go along with to be fair, Drag you, ASMR. You could just get like a, you could get like a Nuatu the Watcher Funko Pop and paint it blue or get like a Doctor Manhattan one and pretend it's a drag. I could get a Doctor Manhattan one and pretend it's a drag. Yeah, could do that. That's fair. The drags are probably as powerful as Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, but the drugs don't feel the need to parade their junk around like Dr. Manhattan does. No, but the drugs do feel the need to murder thousands of human beings. Which brings me on to a part that just completely horrified me. Go for it. When uh, the drugs find the uh, ohms again, and immediately it's like, let's stamp them out. I don't know if it's the yeah. way it was drawn or the way the music worked up with it, but... That kind of just clicked in me, like, holy shit, we are so small in this universe, and we are arrogant to think that we have the highest power. Yeah. Then it, and then it becomes Gulliver's Travels, and I kind of lost the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy you brought up the music as well, because there's some, there's some parts of the music in this film that are just completely... I know there's a specific word for it, and... Starfling. Anyone who was in, no, anyone who was in like my film studies class a few years ago now will kill me for not knowing this word. But it's when music doesn't fit with what you're seeing on screen. I, I studied music. I should know this. So if anyone has that word, I hope you understand what I mean. Um, but there's certain elements where it's very much like that. Like you were saying there when the drags are killing the ohms. There's this sort of quite light-hearted, jazzy music playing. And I loved the use of that. Because it makes it seem like just just regular... Yeah, exactly. It makes it completely seem like this is just The term you were looking for is soundtrack dissonance. Okay, that'll do. Um, uh, Yeah, but that... 
it does make it sound it does make it seem like yeah this is just normal for the drags but obviously we as a viewer are going to look to the ohms and the fact that we've been on this little journey with that the the young ohm tear um we're going to identify fear to you like uh tomo like this it reminded me a lot of attack on titan and how that show yeah. kind of makes you feel terrified in the midst of all these giant fucking... I mean, the Ohms would view them as monsters, but we see a lot of the world from the drugs perspective, so it's not like they see themselves as monsters, but they're just doing what they normally do, and the fact that their normal routine to them is no, is like fine, but to us it's like genocide. That I think that speaks to a lot about how one culture can misunderstand the other and how that can create conflict and then create war and then death. But that one Ohm who lived with the drugs and understood their culture, mm -hmm. like he brought that knowledge in and he had more of an understanding of it. He didn't like it per se, but uh, yeah. he understood the perspective. And I think that's a very important lesson to take away from this. It is. Perspective is everything. It's a, it is a film about sort of understanding each other because... You know, by the end, the you know it's it's sort of it. There's almost a peace created between the drags and the Ohms as they're both, you know, allowed use of the fantastic planet. And um, I don't think the Ohms could ever forgive the drags for this genocide that was committed, but understanding i think the drags coming to understand the the ohms way of thinking and certainly the ohms with the knowledge they it, you know first of all steal but then really sort of appreciate uh by the end is uh yeah it's just another another reason another sort of big idea that this film has in such a like a, an hour 15 minutes there's so much going on yeah and that, i i love that uh, when we've gone outside the uh, time bracket for this show mm -hmm. we end up picking movies that are actually they teach a lot of important things they have a lot of these themes like with what with watership down some like it hot and this like yeah it it shows like even it doesn't even matter when a a movie like this could come out the messages are timeless. It, that, they absolutely are. And like I said before, it doesn't seem like a... It seems like a much more recent film. Um, yeah, this feels like something that I would catch on Netflix. Yeah, but... And I couldn't tell you whether it is the the fact that it is, you know, non-American or British animation, that it has this really intriguing style to it. Um, yeah, I, I get that a lot with the more modern animation, though, because I look for more stuff besides your regular Disney or Pixar or whatever your favorite is. Like, yeah, that there's movies being made like The Breadwinner that tackle a lot of really important themes, and I think should absolutely be seen. And hopefully, movies like this can show that animation is not just a genre that specifies like what a story can be. It's a medium that lets you be as creative as possible, and that's that's why I've always loved it. Absolutely. I mean, it's watching this has definitely made me want to go and uh, look into a bit more of Rene Leloup's 
work because if he's making stuff like this then the man is well worth your time um i wonder if he's still alive i've no idea but i have um i do have a couple little interesting uh Ooh, trivia not necessarily trivia but just sort of really interesting uh behind the scenes situations with uh, Fantastic Planet, if if I can, if my phone of course, will allow me dude, to get your... them up. Um, let's just... Uh, Rene Lelou has sadly died. Rene Lelou has he, died, but... He uh, died in 2004. Oh, well. Um, but he's he's got another movie called Time Masters, which looks very intriguing. Look, like I said, I want to I wanna go and check out a bit more of this guy's work. Uh, here we are. Basically, um, because Czechoslovakia was at the time a Soviet area and -hmm. therefore a communist area, there are certain elements in Fantastic Planet that are very anti-communist. And the, the filmmaking had to be moved to Paris from Prague in modern-day Czech Republic because uh, they were fearful that the film would just be removed from existence because yeah, of the communists in power at the time. Um, the drugs. Yeah. But it's... It's insane. Maybe that influenced a bit of the film as well. It's insane because René Leloup is is a French guy. He's the only, he was the only French guy to work. He was the only non-Czech man or woman to work on on the film. And obviously he was the sort of main guy there. But yeah, he stuck to his guns and made it this you know comment on a bit of a comment on uh, on communism at the time and uh, took on more of the production for himself and has ultimately created what i think is uh, a real hidden gem of an animated film it definitely is and uh, this is something that i would actually want to rewatch definitely like I would, I would want to own this. Um, I'd like to analyze it further. Um, maybe even write some fan fiction. Maybe even throw Shrek in there. Who knows? Somehow he's, but... somehow he's, somehow he's got Shrek into into Fantastic Planet. I've got absolutely no idea how, but there's. I have mention. to. It's for the fans. That's true. That is true. Um, unless you have anything else to say on uh, uh, on Fantastic Planet. One scene that really got to me was uh, when the kids are kind of using the ohms as like fighting tools, and then yeah. they kind of try and convince the princess to put uh, Terra yeah. in there, and she's kind of not having it because she's formed kind of a bond with them. Mm. I-, I really appreciated that. It was very subtle, but it was very moving. Yeah, it's a it's a film you should definitely watch. Let's just say that it's a re- it really, really, really is. And finally... oh, Raul would love this film. <laughs> Find the find the English dub version, unless you speak French, in which case, yeah, or or you don't mind reading subtitles. Hell, watch the French version. 
that's uh, that's okay. Uh, I'm sure it's a bit more. I'm sure, if, if anything, it's a bit more hypnotic in French. Oh yeah. But I don't... And, you, you know, br- bring bring your croissants, have a brioche party, oh. and watch uh, Fantastic Planet. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you don't have to bring your croissants, but definitely watch Fantastic uh, Fantastic Planet. I think that is going to do it for this slightly shorter episode of uh, of It's a Wonderful Podcast. We've said all we wanted to say on Fantastic Planet. We've mentioned how wonderfully deep and all these lovely, lovely ideas it has in there and the execution is also great the animation is beautiful the voice acting would put you to sleep if it was on late at night because it's that relaxing and alien and it's such a worthwhile film i'm so glad that we've gone from the that we've gone from peter pan to this oh and it's it's only going to get weirder i'm so glad I'm so glad. Um, uh, yeah, more, no it's a wonderful podcast. More like it's a weirder podcast. It is a weirder podcast these days than we started. I must say, it's a much weirder podcast. You go back and listen to that pilot episode on Vertigo. It's much weirder these days. And I kind of love that. Just uh, it shows. Uh, you know what? One of the reasons I wanted to come on the show and do it with you is because I wanted to discover new movies. Yeah. If I hadn't done the show, I wouldn't have discovered this. No, you wouldn't have, and to be honest, neither would I, so I think we can both uh, just applaud ourselves. No, let's not applaud ourselves, because let's have other people I'm applauding you for picking this. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, (laughs) Nolan, anyway, um, the people know what we'll be doing next week. Um, mm-hmm. as it is our uh, it's going to be our last episode of Animation Month uh, next week we're going to be doing well Nolan why don't you tell them what we'll be doing seeing as this was well, one of your choices we're going to be talking about a very happy movie <laughs> one of the happiest movies ever made <laughs> it's totally not depressing at all it doesn't make you want to give up on life we're going to the farm of the animals with yes. the 1952 adaptation of George Orwell's Animal Farm. Yeah. Of course I picked that, because I actually go to the library and read books. Yes, Animal Farm. Everybody knows Animal Farm, don't they? Even if they have never read... I've never read Animal Farm. It's about farm. a bunch of animals on a farm. It's really nice. It's totally not depressing at all. It's totally, totally got nothing to do with Starling. Absolutely. Promise you. It's got nothing to do with Russia. I promise you, it's got absolutely nothing to do. If you like Babe in the Pig, Big City, uh, you'll, so... you'll like this. <laughs> or Charlotte's Web, even. If you like that, you'll like this. If you like films about pigs, Animal Farm's the Animal Farm's the film for you. Uh, no, I think it'll be a, a great discussion. It's got kind of certain similar messages to uh, to Fantastic Planet in some ways. It does. Um, which is kind of interesting that we did two very Disney films and then two of these weird, very high-concept ideas, messages. As you can tell, I've kind of enjoyed talking about these ones more than the Disney ones. 
Oh, God, yeah, this has been my favourite. I mean, it's been a shorter episode for sure, but it's been my favourite episode of Animation Month so far. This is, oh, definitely. This has been great. I love this. And mind you, I did like talking about Sleeping Beauty in the Snow White episode because I do like Sleeping Beauty. Anyway. Oh, but have you seen have you seen that Aquaman trailer? It's really dope. Has the Aquaman trailer come out by the time this has come out? I think so, and I just watched it like five times this morning. Oh, it's so great. Oh, do you know what? Actually, I do believe someone has won the World Cup. Well done, person who won the World Cup. Someone has won the World Cup by the time every, everyone is listening to this. Nolan, okay, before we go and we do a few plugs like we always do at the end, who has won the World Cup out of France, Brazil, Belgium, England, uh, Sweden... Croatia, Russia, or somebody else. I'm gonna. I'm who gonna. Hell at, uh, I'm. Um, I'm gonna say. Don't know who else is I'm in gonna there. say England after what they surprised us with in that game. Even I know these things. No one. Are you saying? No one. Are you saying to me that it is coming home? It's coming home, man. <laughs> oh no! I've got no one to say it's coming home on an episode. Uh, to be honest, I hope it is home by the time you're listening to this, because who, who the hell knows what the country will do then? Anyway, that's been the episode on Fantastic Planet. Nolan, you're currently in Cyprus and not at all in Glasgow. No. <laughs> How's Cyprus? Uh, Cyprus is very su- sunny. Uh, my, my little cousin uh, just arrived. Uh, my little cousin Millie and Ailey, so I'm probably going to be spending some time with them. Uh, Millie really wants to continue reading Harry Potter. Uh, my cousin Ailey is 14, so she's definitely going to be pushed in the swimming pool quite a lot. <laughs> uh, we're probably going to be Perfect. teasing her as well. Uh, I-, I love her a bit, but uh, she makes it so easy to tease her. Perfect. And where can the good people follow you on Twitter if they don't already? They can follow me at NolanDean27 or even on Instagram at the Life and Times of Nolan Dean, which is a pretentious as fuck name, but I was 14 when I made it, so fucking stop judging me, okay, internet? And You do uh, know you can change your Instagram name. Yeah, but I don't want to. And Please uh, change your Instagram name. I have a question for you relating to a video I've got coming out this week. Uh, to you, what is the best teen movie of all time? Teen movie, yeah. What is it? As in teenager, or yes, with a, teen... with a teenage protagonist. Oh, um, of all t- oh god, of all time. What what, what springs um, to mind? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know of all time. Well, you might have a new favorite because uh, this week's Stories as Lessons has been the most researched one I've done yet. Six pages of notes. A response to the Nerd Writer. On why Donnie Darko is the best teen movie of all time. Uh, I mean, I I would have I was I mean I was going more sort of edge of seventeen type job. I like Wasn't... edge of seventeen, but I wouldn't say of all time. Look, I just have the edge of seventeen in my mind now for some reason. Edge of seventeen. No, no, great. I've not even watched it recently. Well, I watched it's it a great quite recently, film. actually. Anyway. It's on Netflix. You will be able to check that out on Nolan's YouTube, uh, which is just Nolan Dean. So if you are lis- if you are listening to this show on YouTube, it is one of our featured channels on the channel's homepage. Or just search Nolan Dean on YouTube. You'll find that video, no doubt. 
Uh, if you are on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review and subscribe to the feed. Uh, me, what can you do with me? You can just follow me on Twitter at the Purple Don with a three instead of the E in the because Patrice Everett to see what I'm up to recently. And in a few days after this comes out, I'll be up to a hell of a lot. So look out for that. Uh, you can also follow the podcast at It's a Wonderful One. You've already listened to Nolan give his Twitter. Thank you, as always, for listening to It's a Wonderful Podcast. This has been Fantastic Planet. It's a fantastic movie. Until we pretend pigs are communist leaders. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye.